clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Okay, anyways, so we were talking about one of the reads that I gave Adam was Saquon Barkley is done, and we will see the Giants on Thursday Night Football against the Washington football team. I did pick the Washington football team to win the game, but I think we see a bounce-back game for Saquon Barkley. He's come out and said that the quick turnaround is not ideal for him, but you know what? I think it is going to be ideal for him because I think we're going to see Saquon Barkley go off for 125-plus scrimmage yards. Still in a loss, but we're going to see some vintage Saquon Barkley come Thursday night. Well, I know that he had one big run. I don't know what really happened. No, that was wrong. 2-1. Okay, so last week we had... Still no go. We had a little bit of a discrepancy in rushing. Okay, so there were only five running backs in the entire NFL that went over 100 yards last week. And... A couple that were in the 90s, and then there were seven backs that had 20 or more attempts, uh, none having 30, only two over 25 attempts, and then there were two running backs total that had over or that had more than one rushing touchdown that each had two rushing touchdowns. So I think this week, out of all the games, there will be at least five players in the entire NFL that go for. Uh, over that go for at least two rushing touchdowns this week. Okay, so I. Okay, so I'm cutting it off there because I ramble for the next minute and a half, and it makes absolutely no sense. But I was gonna say that was complicated. Here's the thing, I it's it's five players with two or more rushing touchdowns, right? And you want to know okay. how many? You want to know how many there were? Where? Let me think. Um. No, Henry did it. I know Carson did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, happened in Buffalo. It did. Um, and Lamar did it. Mm-hmm. So there's four, but there was another running back that had four touchdowns. Just so happened that three of them were receiving yeah, on the very last game. I was so <laughs> mad. I was so mad. <laughs> you know, uh, and the one, and the one was two. the one was the little like toss right in front of him so he basically rushed it in i was so upset <laughs> you know <laughs> i we'll, we'll we'll give you a halfsy for that <laughs> saquon barkley 
<laughs> Saquon Barkley only had like 70 total yards. So oh, okay. Great. I so I know that I know he had that really big run, but I don't really remember. And he looked good on it. Like it really is promising for him going forward. But I, I yeah, wasn't I, it? Like it was like one of his like first three carries. He took like 40 yep. yards. He like then. bounced it out to the right and 40 plus, almost I think 50 yards. Yeah, it was pretty awesome actually. But anyway, welcome into simultaneous catch, folks. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. I'm Josh Lapping. What? Where's Rachel? <laughs> so, do, do people still understand that reference, Adam? I I would be surprised if people don't understand that reference. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty important. There's a film. new Batman now. Okay, I haven't seen him yet, but whatever. Anyway, welcome to the show, folks. Uh, huge week too. Haven't seen Ben Affleck. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about Robert Pattinson, but okay. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, there's. I'm, I'm very excited. Even for a that newer, movie. <laughs> there's even a newer Batman than Ben and, Affleck. And Michael Keaton's coming back to play Batman in the Flash movie, apparently. So, we're just all kinds of Batmans here on Simultaneous Catch. Huge week to everybody in the NFL. Upsets galore. A shutout. There was a crazy game where the Cowboys and the Chargers kept wanting to give it away with penalties and turnovers, and then there was the infamous. Uh, what do the numbers say for analytics on the Sunday night football game? We had a little bit of everything this week. It was pretty, pretty awesome. Let's start off the show with our usual some rant rave recall. What do we got, bud? First of all, NFL football is just awesome. So It is. It is. Rant rave recall. So I'm actually glad that you gave that little homage about the the analytics. And oh, I knew. Of I know. Sunday th- night football. I knew this is where this is going. Let's do it. <laughs> but I'm actually. I'm going to spin it. You know that I am not uh, the biggest believer in the whole analytics math thing. I actually feel like. In theory, it does make sense. I understand the probabilities and whatnot, but I don't think it always translates to good football. But I'm going to go on and I'm going to rave about Al Michaels because I love, because he's obviously been in the game for so long. He is is a veteran in the booth. And I love how adamant like he is against it when he was like, <laughs> like almost outspoken like at one point when Collinsworth said like you go for this and Al Michaels like no you don't like he's like you're an idiot <laughs> I just love the like tenacity that he brought with that because I think Al Michaels was thinking from a football standpoint it's not necessarily the smartest thing to do and obviously it paid off in the end for the Ravens because of Clyde Edwards Alaire's fumble and whatnot but I just really loved the groundedness that al michaels had because i feel like if i was i don't know how old michaels is i'll say 60 plus i would also be like that old man yelling on the lawn get off my lawn in in the anti-analytics which i sort of already am and i'm only i don't know if you're anti-analytics but you definitely have your beef with it I, I do. Like, I, I didn't agree with the whole two-point conversion when trying to... Because, you know, if they hadn't fumbled, it would have cost them a larger chunk of of the game. But this is not about that. It was just raving about Al Michaels and his, his passion about old-school football and, you know, calling Collinsworth out, which I thought was pretty funny. Well, and Collinsworth is an analytics kind of guy, especially with pro football focus and all that stuff, so... Um, I, I'm actually gonna. I was gonna rave about the Ravens, so this is really funny. Uh, and I'm raving not so much about 
I'm not not raving about them following analytics because I think it makes sense. I think the idea of if you go for it a certain number of times, the math suggests that you will get it if you're a good offense, which they are. So it makes more sense to go for it as many times as you can. But I'm just raving about the fact that I know that they are heavily analytics involved, but I think there's also an aspect of just believing in your guys. And I really, really raving about John Harbaugh, thinking about they started talking about his rookie year back in 2007 or 2008. It was with Joe Flacco. And I just remember I just remember the time around, I want to say it was, what was it, 2014, 2015, where there were the rumors that they were going to mutually part ways at the end of the year, Ravens and Harbaugh, and then Lamar had this magical season when they went into the playoffs and after the Joe Flacco injury, and then they re-upped his contract, and now he just seems more revitalized than ever, believing fully in Lamar and the whole team. And I just, I think it's a really great lesson in resiliency, and I think it's awesome to go from a man who we all thought his career might be done because he might just have not have it in him anymore to coach. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, going forward on fourth and one, not even at midfield to try to seal the game uh, against uh, a two-time Super Bowl appearance, Kansas City Chiefs. I just, I, I, again, numbers aside, I just can't rave enough about a coach that instills belief in his players and there's countless videos of him doing that and i just he's one of i know he's one of our collective favorite head coaches in the nfl um but i just i just want to give a little bit of a rave to the ravens head coach here today oh god you and your puns (laughs) you were ready you were ready to be like yeah that's nice until i said that (laughs) yeah no i do and then you went and said that because that actually could lead me into without saying that I agree with you because I do, but I have two crushing it this week actually, oh, and one okay. of them is John Harbaugh for okay. all the reasons you okay. just said. I mean, yeah. congratulations to the Ravens completely. They finally got the Kansas City monkey off their back. That's awesome. The way that they did it coming back, they were down and they they willed their way back in and made plays when they needed to. But specifically focusing on John Harbaugh, like you said, all of the reasons a few years ago when Lamar was coming in and they were starting to get to the the play action, going to have the quarterback scramble all of the field. We did hear those rumors about John Harbaugh being like, maybe I'm just going to walk away from the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, I, I can't say it better than you did. I mean, he just adjusted and he, he stepped back and examined what was important to him and what was mm-hmm. important to the franchise. And I just really tip my cap to him. I, I loved the video of him yelling at Lamar, like, Lamar, you want to go for this? Right. He said in the press conference afterwards that they were going to go for it regardless, but it's just cool for him to communicate with his quarterback and his leader, like, hey, like, how are you feeling? Like, let's let's, let's get pumped up and do this. I think that's just really, really cool. So Right. Yeah. And there's a level of, and again, like I was saying, there's a level of instilling that confidence in your player that he said we were always going to go for it, but he was still like, I want you to tell me that we're doing this because you're the, you're the leader of the team. Um, and I absolutely love that. So that yeah, that's awesome. Sorry about my pun, although I'm not really sorry about the pun. So yeah, you're not sorry at all. Get out of here. What are you all right, about? let's let's get into some news and notes. Uh, one of the biggest news uh, pieces of news for this week: Justin Fields is going to get his first start in the NFL. Uh, it, sure it was is. announced the other day. Andy Dalton is out this Sunday against the Cleveland Browns at Cleveland. Tough place to play for your first NFL start against this Cleveland Browns team. Uh, I think this should be an interesting game to keep an eye on, especially with you know the mobility of Fields. And there was a lot of talk about. It. Obviously, he kind of struggled when he was just thrust into the into the offensive lineup last week after Andy Dalton was out with his knee injury. Uh, but this defense is. 
top 10 after the first two weeks, and they've all, they've been a great defense the last handful of years. Um, it's their offenses that have kind of struggled. So I think this would be a very interesting matchup. What are you looking for in this? It really is going to be a fun game. It's definitely not a game where I expect Cleveland to cakewalk over a rookie making his first NFL start. I think, you know, Justin Fields is getting a homecoming here. Going to Cleveland, he was at Ohio State, so he's getting a homecoming for this game. And yeah. I do think it's going to be a little, it's going to be tighter than I think people expect. I don't expect a blowout any by any means. Like you were talking about, Chicago has a pretty good defense. Roquan Smith absolutely made Joe Burrow look just, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Totally flabbergasted. So, you know, when you, you're, you're, you're bringing that confidence and obviously coming off that defensive performance, I think this actually might be a good thing. I don't know whether or not it'll exactly translate to production, but you think you have to imagine that the Chicago Bears are excited about the energy that Justin Fields is going to bring compared to Andy Dalton. And obviously, no one inside the locker room, at least verbally or hopefully not mentally was was rooting for Justin Fields over Andy Dalton to begin with but they're, they're finally getting it and they're going to see what they can do here so this is going to be I think a really good game to watch uh, I'm surprised that neither of us gave it to each other for pals picks I think we <laughs> might have had a little bit of the the thinking Cleveland's going to roll over their rookie so we didn't want to give each other an easy pick but I could definitely see this being an upset yeah and I will say uh, in his collegiate career Justin Fields, 67 passing touchdowns, only nine interceptions, and he also ran for over 1,200 yards and 19 rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, this this offense is gonna get should get a spark from Justin Fields, and I, I expect a good game. I mean, they were the the Cleveland Browns were struggling to hold back the Houston Texans when Terod Taylor was at the helm, and they closed it out a little bit there when the rookie Davis Mills came in and struggled a little bit, although he did lead a touchdown drive as well. But, yeah, I expect this to actually be a really good game. I, it might be a little bit more low scoring than some of the other ones of the week, but you and I talked about how for a while it was Fields or Lawrence and can Fields overtake Lawrence and then all of a sudden it was Fields is like the fourth or fifth guy listed and during pre-draft coverage we were both on this saying that I don't know why everybody's forgetting about Justin Fields but whoever gets them is probably going to luck out um, and so here yeah. he is making a start for Chicago and unfortunate for Andy Dalton even though Andy Dalton has had plenty of chances to to hold on to starting jobs but you know if the rookie comes in and plays well there's no reason that he shouldn't start the rest of the year yeah this definitely could absolutely be the start of the Justin Fields era we'll have to see I think he will come out and he will play well and it's going to be really hard for for Nagy to say we're going back to Andy Dalton I know he's been committed to Andy Dalton thus far but I think it's going to be really tough unless Justin Fields just implodes and doesn't look ready. I think it's going to be really hard to to justify that. Yep. And if and if if you're a coach on the hot seat, which Nagy is, the best way, surefire way to keep your job is to say, "Look, I found this quarterback. Let me work with him now." So, lots of other stuff to look forward to this week. Any any big news or notes that stick out for you? Well, why did you talk about Justin Fields making his first start, but not the guy you just mentioned against Cleveland, Davis Mills, making his Davis first start? Davis Mills. Houston Texans, Davis Mills, their first draft pick this year. So by the time you guys listen to this episode, start. the start will have probably already happened, just so we know. that That is true. That is true. <laughs> we are recording a little bit late. We had some meetings this week about some potentially exciting stuff, so we are 
recording prior to Thursday Night Football, but by the time you listen, Thursday Night Football will probably be over, the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. But yeah, Davis Mills taking over for the injured Terod Taylor. Do you know the last two rookie quarterbacks that took over for Terod Taylor after an injury? Justin Herbert and Baker Mayfield. There you have it. So, you know, if there is a a lineage going on here, Davis Mills might be in, in store for some good things. Who knows? That is actually really cool. I I am excited to watch and see how the rookie plays. We he was one of those really late ra- risers in the draft process, and I remember that was one of my bold predictions is that he would be a first round pick, and I believed that Tampa Bay would take him or somebody would move up to that last pick and take him. Obviously, he fell to the third round, and the Texans took him with their first pick. The Texans didn't have a pick until the third round, and this was their first one was Davis Mills. So they yeah. clearly believe in this kid. He just doesn't have. <gasps> Excuse me, a lot of experience. I, I'm. I think this could be a really fun game. Or, sorry, g- can you believe how fun this game was? <laughs> <laughs> Here, let's yeah, do this. Let's, to... let's do this right. Let's just do this right now because it's fun. So let's do a little. This, we'll do a little mini segment off the cuff right now. Let's say um, we're going to talk about the game as if we had already watched it. So it's called. It's going to be called. Wow, can you believe that happened? So I'll start, okay? Wow. Okay. Can you believe that both Sam Donald and Davis Mills threw three touchdowns in that game? That was so cool. Oh, interesting. I was going to say, can you believe that both teams rushed for over 150 yards? Wow. Okay. I love it. I'm I'm really curious. <laughs> Obviously, we streamed Carolina's defense uh, week one, and we then did, they yes. had a great, great, great performance against New Orleans. Yeah, but I'm curious to see the validity of this defense, and it's not taking away anything. Obviously, they have a bunch of playmakers. They have Brown there, and they have Burns, and then they have Chin on the back end, and and great cornerbacks. But they. Is it that their defense has been so spectacular, or is it just the offense that they've played against have been putrid? That's possible. We'll have to see. That's possible. And that's not to say that Houston might not be putrid tonight. They very well could be, but we'll have to see. Yeah, and the reality is we talked about it was such a huge thing for us last year when we said we were impressed that we were impressed that Carolina went full defense in their draft. They went full seven draft picks on the defensive side in the draft because they knew that was an area of concern. And it's definitely very possible for this Carolina defense to be legit and for this young defense to just be coming into their own. I'll be fascinated to see. For sure. And, it, you know, it's unfortunate that Rod Taylor got injured because he was playing really well not just last week, but the week before, and it looked like he really had a hold in this job, and he was really going to lead this this fun Texans offense, seemingly in into the into the season. But uh, we'll see if what Damon Seals has for sure. <clears throat> wow, I can't believe that happened. Yeah, crazy. That's like that, fun. That's that scene in the office where Daryl's like, "I'm really busy. <laughs> Let me record some stuff." I can't remember the exact quote. He's like, "I can't believe." He, so and so got themselves into that predicament. <laughs> yes, he or they are in a lot of trouble, aren't they? <laughs> That's fantastic. We should just enter that in audio into there. Uh, one last, one last news that I had that I thought was worth mentioning was poor. One last news was one last news with uh, Josh and Adam. Um, was poor old uh, weak ankles Carson went weak ankles Wentz. Guy breaks both of his ankles in one play. 
I just well, literally break them. Yeah, it's it's it just makes more. It's don't let our viewers that no, don't follow Indianapolis think Carson Wentz is hobbling around on broken ankles like <laughs> Dak right now. Massively injured Carson Wentz, horribly. <laughs> Uh, will He's, not quote, throwing the kitchen sink at that rehab, Adam. Carson Wentz's availability for week three remains firmly in doubt, end quote. So this is just, man, I, I did, actually, what's really funny is right after the quote that I read, it does say throwing the kitchen sink at a stream. <laughs> says he still has a few more hurdles to to go over, though. The But playing the Tennessee Titans, who righted the ship in a pretty crazy game against Seattle last week, this is this is huge. This could, you know, Indianapolis is teetering upon a, a, a season falling apart here. Well, I don't know if I say they're teetering upon it falling apart. Definitely falling behind in a huge hole in the division. Absolutely, because I do not expect Carson Wentz to be ready for the game on Sunday, which means Jacob Eason, or they even talked about having a two quarterback system, which I think sounds like an awful idea in my opinion uh to get ready to go out there so yeah i mean i wouldn't call it season devastating right now but it it certainly would be a huge huge blow because i don't think that these backup quarterbacks can hang for tennessee yeah i i will be fascinated to see especially you know what tennessee decides to do in terms of their offensive and defensive approach if even if Wentz is out there you know why not just kind of send their kitchen sink in terms of blitz packaging uh against the guy who is you know prone to getting hurt or holding on to the ball for too long so you, you feel you feel bad and obviously it's only two weeks in the season things can absolutely positively turn around they in fact they pretty much always do every year there's teams that you think stumble out of the gate and are done and then flip around and have great seasons and vice versa so uh something to monitor for sure but that's what i got for news and notes anything you got pal yeah not necessarily for news and notes but just uh talking about that game real quick i think and i have been pretty vocal about derrick henry over the years but it was it was really good to see him get going because i do think that it's a vital piece for the offense and after his historic year last year i think honestly through the first five and a half quarters of football this year he has looked like a guy that touted the rock like 2000 total times and it was good to see it finally click on because when it does it creates better tennessee titans football which is great if you're a tennessee titans fan but it's also just good for viewers of football because we want the titans to be competitive and even though they have aj brown and they have uh julio jones you know it still is the derrick henry show there so it was good to see him get some legs under him we'll have to see if that translates he touted the rock or he had 41 touches last week which is a boatload of touches for a running back so we'll have to see if those legs are still going to be looking good as they take on even though they haven't looked that great still a pretty talented defense in indy uh i think he had a career high in catches too so good for derrick henry yeah it was like it was like five so <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so I know that you said you had two of these, even though you said one earlier during my rave, but now it's time for Crushing It. Oh, yeah. We'll be crushing it. Uh, yes. We'll be crushing so I it. Did, I don't know if we're allowed to use that song. So. Well, you, on the Halloween episode and the Christmas episode, I use so many songs that are not allowed, so it's fine. <laughs> well, that's, you know. I think actually the rule is if you use less than... 
30 seconds of a clip, then it's not a copyright issue. I know there's an actual rule about this. I, I thought d- it was something like 10 seconds. It might be 10 seconds, but I never really play it for longer than that. It's just that we stop it and then play it again 10 seconds later. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so anyways, uh, I did give half of my crushing it out to John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the second half goes to the Sunday night football game. <laughs> No, excuse me, the Monday night football game, the Packers, as they took on the Detroit Lions. Obviously, some crushing it goes out to Aaron Jones, the guy that took three receiving touchdowns and took away your friend's fortune. But did give me a victory in Dynasty. Yeah, that was that was a big one. You you text me, you're like, I need like 24 points. I was like, yeah, he can do that. And then he... Give me 40. Matt obviously heard that because it seemed like for the first 30 minutes, he only wanted to let Aaron Jones touch the football. But regardless, this is not about Aaron Jones, believe it or not. It is about Brian Engel, the staff trainer for the Green Bay Packers. I don't know if you hung around to to listen to post-game or anything after that game. But Aaron Jones' father passed away due to COVID-19 complications this past year. And he was always in the stands for Aaron Jones. So not only did he dedicate this year of football to him, but he has a chain uh, with ashes in the... He has a little football pendant on, on this chain with his father's ashes in it. And during one of his touchdowns, it fell off. And so he said in the post game that he had to go look for it. Well, it was announced uh, two days ago that Brian Engel, who I said is is a staff uh, trainer, was out looking uh, in Lambeau Field until 2 a.m. after the game, and he, he found the pendant for Aaron Jones. So, you know, he was the only oh, wow. one out there. It was 2 in the morning, and there's a video of him just walking around in the end zone looking for that. And so it's really cool to know that he cared about Jones that much to, to stay out there long after the stadium was empty and everyone had gone home. Uh, and so to to show that he cared about his player that much to stay there and do that, that I think that's really cool. That is fantastic. And a little bit of a bigger than football, really, you know, to there are so many stories of players losing loved ones and dedicating, you know, the the way that they go about their business and their job, which is a professional sports player um, and they carry it with them. So, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I, I didn't know that. So I was watching the Mannings broadcast, which, by the way, I love. And it was so cool. Again, like they said, they were feeding Aaron Jones the whole part and every time they ran it i don't know if you were watching that version of the broadcast but peyton and peyton kept going yeah this is what you're doing they're they have two deep safeties right now they're dropping back uh what you the way you beat that is just run the ball run the ball keep running the ball until they stop it it's a it's a, a game of chicken are you patient enough to just keep running it and they obviously were so uh yeah, i will yeah, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. I was just gonna say, yeah, defense. Uh, Detroit, excuse me, did play those two deep safeties, which obviously opened up those running lanes and got Aaron Jones on some linebackers, and they they felt comfortable to do that, and it, and it paid off for for that specific game. So, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, I guess. So you gave crushing it to your team. I'm gonna give it crushing it to my team. The Buffalo defense pitching a shutout in Miami. I, I'm not. I, I'm doing this for two reasons. One, because. Uh, it's a good it's a good segue into our weekend review, um, and two because there's a really fun stat here that it's the first Buffalo road shutout since 2017 when they did it against New England Patriots during Tom Brady's suspension and Jimmy Garoppolo's injury. So the starting quarterback was none other 
than Jacoby Brissett. Thought that was a really, Jacoby really, Brissett. really fun stat. Um, but yeah, the Buffalo defense, which at last year was kind of maligned a little bit for being porous in their uh, in their run defense, especially, but also giving up every now and then some big plays. But totally put the clamps on the Miami offense, which obviously is kind of putting new pieces together anyway. So I'm sure that later on in the year they'll be much better, and uh, hopefully Tua can come back from his injury and be a little bit better. I did think that I do think that it may have been made made. A difference in the game because I think that to his ability to, to read real quick and get the ball out very quick is probably better than Brissett's. Uh, so, but although Brissett did not play poorly, it's just there really not there really wasn't anything open down the field. I just want to give a little bit of question to the Buffalo defense and kind of segue into week in review where we talk about Bills Dolphins, not because I want to lay it on you or anything. I genuinely want to get yeah, the Miami the Miami fan perspective from this. Like we are only a couple of years removed, not even really that, of everybody just, you know, Brian Flores coach of the year, uh, front office of the year, look look how great of a job that they've done getting all those picks and now make picking the right guys. And again, it's only a one in one start, so it's not anything crazy, you know. Um, they did be New England week one, but another time getting blown out by Buffalo. I'm just curious what what your thoughts are about this. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't really think. I feel like it's kind of two different conversations. Obviously, like you said, a couple of years ago, when Brian Flores got hired, this is his third year. He went uh, like something like five and eleven or six and ten, I believe it was. And then last year, obviously, they kind of jump started and, and had a, a really strong finish to the year. And so, I don't think there's anything about. Flores or anybody do anything wrong. It's just right now, I mean, the the Dolphins offensive line, and if you want to say anything about those picks, it's just right now they are not gelling, and they it, it, it's a turnstile there. So they're, I mean, I believe the sack on Tua, that knocked him out of the game. There wasn't even uh, contact between the tackle and, and uh, Rousseau. Uh, if there was, it was very, very minimal. So right now they're kind of just letting anybody and everybody through. So first of all, that is a huge issue for for the Dolphins moving forward because they got to get some guys up there to give a, a little bit of time. It doesn't need to be a ton of time. Maybe maybe a little bit more with Jacoby present than Tua because you know they're going to try to run the a little bit of the RPO action and, and quick passes with Tua, and that's what he's going to do. So it doesn't need to be a ton of time, but it needs to be something because if they're just having guys in half – in a second and a half that are just getting around your tackles or, or right up the middle and your guards and aren't, aren't doing anything. Nothing good's going to happen there. So, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to make it about what's going on with the Dolphins regime, it, it very well could be maybe those tackles and the offensive linemen that they've drafted because they've invested heavily the last couple of years. Those picks are not panning out right now. And, and, you know, so like you said, two is out, fractured ribs. He took that gigantic hit. He's already ruled out for for the Vegas game. So Jacoby Brissett will be heading out to Vegas to roll the dice. We'll have to see what happens there. And, you know, it's just that everyone talked about it before and after he was drafted. This was a smaller stature player potentially injury prone he had ankle issues and obviously the the hip issue and whatnot as in his final year in Alabama I don't know if there was too much upper body things like ribs or anything but you know that's it's it's certainly worth a conversation yeah like I said I I I really truly all jokes aside no sneering I'm not 
being facetious. Like, I really just was curious what your thoughts were because it's just, you know, when, when, when such dramatic losses happen, everybody kind of freaks out and overreacts. And I figured you'd be the more level-headed of the the offensive line needs to come together and, and all of that, which I agree with. I was just, like I said, curious. We won't belabor that anymore. We'll move on to the next game here. Vikings and Cardinals, a crazy game from last week. It was one in which very the, well maybe the, one of my favorite games of the week yeah absolutely absolutely and it was i mean the vikings really should have won this game uh, but the cardinals somehow pull it out they're now two and oh kyler murray for mvb p talks are deafening at this point um awesome game and akib to leaving gus johnson were just a delight yeah, it was it was something I had not heard Akeem Talib uh, in the booth. So when I heard him talking, I was like, "What is happening here?" It was definitely charming. Yeah, and uh, I mean Kyler Murray just doing sometimes too much um, with a couple of the throws that he had last week, but. Rookie wide receiver Rondell Moore with seven catches, 104 yards, and, of course, that broken play touchdown from Kyler Murray. And then, yeah, uh, I mean, he was just kind of all over the field was Kyler Murray with another, I think it was four, to- oh, the thing went away. I think it was another four touchdowns, though, um, from last week. So, I mean, what are your takeaways from this game? Yeah, it was, it was a great one. You know, between these two teams, uh, the last eight matchups have gone to the home team. So we should have known that Arizona was going to win because they were at home. But you were right, Kyler Murray, and there is a lot of going into week three, Kyler Murray MVP talks. And right now it's totally justified. He joined Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers as the only player since 1950 to have multiple career games of 400-plus yards three touchdowns and a rushing touchdown so Did you say and peyton manning that's, and peyton manning <laughs> rushing you know the peyton, infamous rushing touchdowner peyton manning i i didn't watch the full broadcast but i watched like the highlights of the the manning bros and he was making fun of the last time that he ran a 40 and whatnot and it, yeah. it, was, it was really funny eli but you know Peyton had some had some wheels at times, so he could take it in when he needed to. He definitely would have been a candidate for the for the wheels moniker whenever we were watching Peyton him. wheels. Um, yes, I will does. also shout out though to the Vikings. I know that it, you know it it really hurts, and they're zero and two right now, losing twice on the road, two games that they absolutely positively could have won. Uh, but Kirk Cousins, another 240-plus game with three touchdowns and no picks. Dalvin Cook averaged six yards a rush with 131 um, rushing yards. Jeff- Justin Jefferson scored. Adam Thielen scored again. Uh, I mean, Continued. The, the offense yeah, I was is wrong. The, <laughs> the offense is just fantastic. And, I mean, this is one of those 0-2 teams that people are going to have to look out for, right? People can't overlook this team. Their offense is great. And, I mean... There were times where the defense looked pretty ferocious, too. They did get two interceptions from Kyler Murray, and Daniel Hunter looks pretty ferocious rushing the passer as well. Yeah, he, he sure does. He sure does. I was I was hard on the Vikings last week. I was talking about padded stats and whatnot and not necessarily being as good as the stats suggested against Cincinnati. This game was the complete opposite. Everything that they had was absolutely earned. Dalvin Cook was just churning out yards. It was something crazy, like six plus yards of carry for a, a good chunk of the game and whatnot. So this was a complete flip of the script where this offense against Arizona was absolutely on fire. So not so much in my opinion against Cincinnati, but 
if if they play the way they did against Arizona, they are definitely uh, a team that you do not want to sleep on whatsoever. Absolutely. Uh, so moving on to our next game in the week in review, we have the Dallas Cowboys who went to the massive Los Angeles Chargers stadium and eked out a victory 20 to 17. And this game was all over the place. I have to say that like, I'm just going to read the, the uh, drives off. So the first, the first drive, the drives in the beginning of the first quarter, touchdown Cowboys, then interception chargers, interception Cowboys, field goal chargers, touchdown Cowboys, touchdown chargers all over the place. Second quarter turnover on downs, Cowboys, Missed field goal chargers end of half. <laughs> and then at the end of the game, then in the fourth quarter, there were two field goals. Um, and then, of course, there was another interception in the third quarter by the chargers. I mean, this game was just all over the place. There were turnovers. There were penalties. Both teams were sloppy. But the Cowboys ran the ball really well. Um, Justin Herbert at times looked so sharp. And then obviously other times he threw those picks. I mean, it was just all over the place. Mike Williams had another great day. Keenan Allen was Keenan Allen. I mean, it was just kind of a roller coaster game, I can imagine, if you were a Cowboys or a Chargers fan. Yeah, it, it was a good one for a lower scoring game. Obviously, there was some sloppy football there. You were talking about the penalties, missed kicks, et cetera, turnover on downs. So obviously, those aren't things that you love seeing, but it did make for some good drama-filled football, absolutely. I will say I want to give... Maybe maybe my third crushing it of the day, but I have some stats here on Justin Herbert, who is obviously was touted. He did amazing. He broke all the rookie records and had a fairly large. Some people were talking about them being. I know you said a dark horse uh, Super Bowl team or whatnot, but I have some stats here that I think absolutely he deserves to be recognized because I, I didn't even recognize some of these things. So with this game, Justin Herbert tied. Dan Marino and Patrick Mahomes for the most games with 300 plus passing yards in their first two seasons. So oh obviously being gracious. talked about with Dan Marino and Pat Mahomes and everyone said Pat Mahomes is the just the, the biggest thing. Well, Justin Herbert's doing just what Pat Mahomes did. And, and then another one, he joined again, Pat Mahomes as the only quarterback with 5,000 plus yards in their first 17 games. Wow. Holy yeah, so moly. obviously, and, and it might be a, even a little unfair being in the same division as Pat Mahomes because I know people are talking about Justin Herbert, and it's deserved, but maybe we should be talking about him more. Yeah, I mean, he, like I said, when when I was watching that game, I, there were just times where he did he went 31 of, thir- of 41 for 338, a touchdown, and then obviously those two interceptions, but there were just times where that ball was just zipped out of his hand and looked like he was handing it off to to the person he was throwing the ball to. And, I mean, again, you're right. There are a lot of people touting him, but there might not be enough. I mean, he has been absolutely fantastic, and I'm fascinated to see where this team goes heading down the line. I mean, was this just a fluke game for these teams where it was like penalty after penalty and turnovers? Because there were times where it looked like neither offense could be stopped, and then obviously the final score was still 20-17. to 17. So, And there was, a, there was a, a time where I think Herbert had like 16 passes in a row that he hit. It, it was just like, again, so many things happened in this game. I really thought 
you know, obviously I picked the Cowboys, but I really thought by the end of it, the Chargers were going to win at some point, but the the Cowboys kept pounding. They got Tony Pollard involved over 100 yards and a touchdown. Zeke looked really good running the ball. Yeah, Zeke, it was just Zeke and Pollard had 237 total yards yeah. together. So, it, so we'll, it was good to see them get involved. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if this affects them heading down the line here. Uh, so I have Chiefs Ravens on weekend review. I don't know if you have anything else you want to, more to add on to it. We did obviously have them in rant rave recall and crushing it a little bit. I don't know if you have anything more to add to it. Yeah, I mean, we can just talk real quickly about uh, how this was Pat Mahomes' first loss in September since he was at Texas Tech. It was the first time he'd thrown an interception in September as a professional. That's Those are just, like, mind-blowing stats. It's just so strangely weird. It's kind of... I, I was watching football with with Jenna. She She's here with me this year uh, for, for a full football season, which is cool. And we are watching a Chiefs game, and she says, why is Pat Mahomes so... Like, what makes him so good? And the thing is, I just... I don't know if anybody really knows. Like, we didn't expect it. Obviously, Kansas City moved up to, to draft him, but coming out of Texas Tech, no one thought, this guy is going to be the guy that rewrites the record book. So, I, you know, I don't know. It's It's just... It's just cool to witness. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, it's there's certainly a level of his gunslinging mentality. He's got that moxie about him. Obviously, the arm angles and the arm strength. But I, I've always thought it's just his creativity. There are times where he just sees the field differently than other people, and he knows where to put the ball. But I just I want to have a brief conversation about him because you talked about the Pat Mahomes effect, about just raving about everything he does and not hounding on his mistakes. And again, I. I get that it could just be an anomaly, but it was a pretty terrible interception that he threw in that game, and everybody seems to just give him a pass for it, which is fine, but people crushed Baker Mayfield for his game-sealing interception, in which that one wasn't even really his fault as it got kind of tipped as it went out. Mahomes is literally half on the ground and said, let me just throw this one up. I just I, I'm very interested to see if is this going to have an effect on Kansas City? Are we just was it just kind of lucky that the turnover happened and they didn't win the game and that they would have won it otherwise? I mean, what do you think about the Chiefs and about Pat Mahomes? Yeah, so I will say this because it is very true, and I even talked about it uh, this week, and I, I thought Josh Allen was getting the Pat Mahomes effect from the commentators now I think fans are always gonna be hard I mean if you hate Baker Mayfield yeah you were like that was garbage and that was trash and Baker Mayfield did whatever nobody on a, on a national media said Baker Mayfield shouldn't have thrown that football they said very right. clearly he right. was trying to throw the football away that wasn't what was supposed to happen they weren't like oh Baker Mayfield's trash that shouldn't have happened and they pa- criticized Pat Mahomes too they were like that was a stupid thing he shouldn't have done that and but but he did and so maybe it is a little bit of Pat Mahomes thinking he's Superman and, you know, but the, the thing is, we've seen that happen before and Kelsey does come up with that football instead of getting getting undercut by, by a defender that was just a little bit quicker to respond to that football. And we've seen it happen before. But yeah, I mean, obviously a Kansas City fan isn't going to say... I mean, I think probably, hopefully, a sensible, well-grounded fan will be like, yeah, that was silly. Like, why why'd you do that? But I don't think anybody's like, that shouldn't have happened. Like, that was uh, such a good pass. But I will say this about the Kansas City Chiefs because this is really fascinating to me. And obviously, they're still winning games, and they're scoring a ton of points, and that, that's good for them. Nine of their last 10 games, going back to last season, were one-possession football games. 
that's outside of week 17 when Pat Mahomes was rested against, I believe it was the Chargers last year. But this team is is playing some some heart attack football here, and obviously it, it they're usually on the the winning end, and so maybe fans aren't necessarily realizing that. But as a if I was a fan, I'd be so anxious all the time. I know. And I just thought I that know. was so fascinating. Like it's back to I think before their bye week last week. That's how many games have come down to to the wire. Yeah, I mean, it always does seem to be that way. And for a while, we thought it was just, oh, they're coasting, it's fine. But maybe it really is just that defense is absolutely terrible at times. And Mahomes has to put on a scape a little too often. We'll see. Heading into the the, the coming weeks, I, uh, who did we? I think they're in. Are they in pass picks? I think they're in pass picks. Yeah, the Char. Well, the Char. Uh, I don't know if they are, but the Chargers are heading to the Chiefs this week. Should be an awesome and a super fun matchup to watch. So. Let's get into some cold reads, man. You got some cold reads for me today? I do have a couple cold reads for you. They're kind of similar, so I have two that kind of go hand in hand. Kind of, sort of. You'll see what I mean here in a second. All right, so there are seven undefeated teams left in the NFL. Can you name them right now? This isn't the cold read, by the way. I have the list in case you don't, but I was just curious if you could. All right, let me see if I can name them. Uh, the Buccaneers, the yep. the uh, the Cardinals, the the Panthers, yep. the Broncos, the Raiders. Yep. Um, how many did you say there were? There are seven. So that's you five. That's five. So yep, you need so, so the Rams and the 49ers. I don't know if I totally believe that you didn't look that up during that time, but you are correct. So you get <laughs> you get a gold star for that. So Thanks. the question is, out of those seven teams, and we do have one matchup of unbeatens that we'll get to in Pals Pick here soon, so obviously one of them has to go down. But out of those seven, who lasts the longest of the – who stays undefeated the longest? Ooh. Oh, okay. So – I'd like to just go through all their schedules, but that would take way too much time. So I will <laughs> I will step back and say I don't think it'll be the Cardinals. I don't think it'll be there's a matchup of two of, of uh, two and O teams at one point this week, isn't there? Yes, the Bucks and the Rams, which we're gonna focus okay, so on. So one later. of those will make it. Um I don't think it'll be the Raiders. I am going to say the Rams. Ooh, okay. So I guess it kind of gives away Pals picks a little bit, but a little bit, kind of, sort of, but yeah, it's <laughs> all right. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, for some reason I thought you could like answer this without giving that away, but I realized that was kind of impossible. It's all right. <laughs> that is all right. So you have the Rams going with the longest undefeated record. So without looking at their schedule, without looking that up, just give me give me a week that you think they'll last to. The Rams, okay, funsies. without. Without looking at the Rams' schedule and knowing that they play in this tough division, I'm going to say the Rams will be 8-0 and before losing their first game. Okay, so we're not going to see anything crazy of a team getting like 13-0 and and start talking about the undefeated season this year. I don't think so. I just think that, I think that there's too many good teams in the NFL and there's too much happens every week that's fluky. Um, that I, I would be surprised. So they're 2 0 right now. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Just so everybody knows, I just did this real quick. That would be mean that uh, I think this is Sunday night football against the Titans. 
Um, okay. On November seventh, okay. I I wouldn't have picked that, but if that's what it's going to be, it's what's going to be. <laughs> well, there we have it. So, cold read number two. On the flip side, there are seven winless teams. Can you name those teams? No, I'm going to tell you anyways. I probably so could streamline this a little bit. We have the Jets, <laughs> the Falcons, the Lions, the Jaguars, the Colts, Giants, and the Vikings. So. Four of those seven teams are featuring rookie head coaches, so probably have some wiggle room there. But who out of those seven teams is on the hottest seat right now? Ooh, that's a really good question. I like that. That's not where I thought you were going with this. I like that. Okay, so who's on the hottest? Like the coach is on the hottest seat? I it could be the coach you you typically think of a coach being on a hot seat but it could just be the team as a whole if you want to think of it that way I mean team as a whole is probably the Colts because they were such a popular pick coming I mean we both picked them to win the division and I recalled it and I think you actually stood pat but I I really like think that they definitely have to be I don't think Frank Reich's in the hot seat I think Frank Reich has proved to be a great coach and that if this Carson Wentz thing doesn't work out maybe that they give him a chance to bring on another one I don't know the NFL is obviously such a one of you done for me lately league but I don't really see any of the other teams as like oh because obviously the Jets are still building the Jags are starting something the Lions are starting something Atlanta's starting something I mean the Giants maybe a little bit but it's only their second year in Joe Judge and I Joe Judge is gonna see if Danny Dimes flames out like it's kind of looking like he might Joe Judge is going to see through another quarterback, so he's not going anywhere. I definitely think it's got to be the Colts because they're the only ones of this bunch that had actual high expectations of the season. Yeah, no, it's very fair, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about who is the team that could have those high expectations. We always see one of them fall off or X, Y, or Z could be injuries, which right now they're facing some injuries with their quarterback. I would have really loved to have seen the end of the Rams game had – Carson Wentz still been there. I think Me too. They very well could have won. That uh, was a, honestly a really, a really fun game up until that last moment where, I mean, Eason just threw a really bad pass at the end of that game. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> so there we go. You have the Rams lasting the longest with an undefeated record, and you have the Colts being on the hottest seat. So, you know, week two matchups matter. All right, let's get some cold reads for me. I do have two of them for you. So Zach Wilson, the Jets rookie quarterback, uh, 468 yards passing. He's only 55% completion percentage, two touchdowns, five interceptions after a four interception performance um, last week. He is number one in the NFL at being sacked, however. He's been sacked 10 times for a total of 77 sack yards, which is second in the NFL. Um, so is it too, is it way too early to start questioning the Zach Wilson pick? Yeah, I think it's too early. I mean, obviously he is not playing well and, and he'll say that he has said it. I loved the reporter that trolled him and asked him if he was seeing ghosts. I loved that. I thought it was pretty funny, but it's, it's two games into, into his rookie year on a really bad football team. Like you said, he's taken... 10 sacks 10 sacks is is huge to 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 throw at your rookie uh quarterback so he's out there just trying probably trying to do too much because of that and that's always going to result in him just putting the football up there and trying to let your guys make a play and and then the defense comes down with it i definitely think it's too early to pull the plug i think they need time to build 
They also had um, Makai Becton go down with injury, I think, after week one. I don't think he even played last week, and he is a cornerstone of their offensive line. They obviously have the rookie, Elijah Vera Tucker, that needs to to acclimate to the NFL. So they have a lot of moving pieces as well. I think it's too early to to call Zach Wilson and his mom out. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I did, I will say, I did really like how people were booing him and saying things in the stadium and saying things. And I do like that. Zach Wilson came out and said, they should be booing me. I've been playing terrible. I, you know, I, I did like that. He kind of took it on the chin and went, so we'll see a future Zach Wilson. Second cold read to another quarterback. The one that we thought was the second coming in Trevor Lawrence, who is actually has a worse completion percentage. He's only 50% completion percentage, 5.4 yards per attempt. Um, five interceptions as well as Zach Wilson and has only been sacked twice compared to the 10 times that Zach Wilson has been sacked. So uh, were we, I should see it's hard. I, I, it's hard to say were we wrong about Trevor Lawrence two weeks in, but, <laughs> but I will ask this question because there was a lot of hype about urban Meyer as well. Do we think that the Trevor Lawrence and urban Meyer duo is doomed Ooh, interesting. I I don't that's really a fun way of putting a spin on the question because I think Trevor Lawrence is also going to be fine. I think he's just coming from being the best one of the best college football players in the nation to to being a small fish in a big pond. So I I think it's going to be okay. The relationship between Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence though, is it doomed? That's super interesting. I I will say this, and this is a hot take, and it goes against a lot of things that I preach in the offseason. I think it might be doomed because I don't know if I think Urban Meyer likes being in the NFL. It might be true, and we've talked, we certainly talked about that multiple times, and that was definitely a concern of ours heading into the season, but... So I mean I yeah I, I was I yeah. was super excited to see him come. I think he definitely can be a very capable coach, but I don't know if he's had so much success in college, and obviously he's retired from college a couple a handful of times due to to medical reasons and whatnot. If this gets to be too stressful and it's not fun, I could definitely see Urban Meyer just walking away and being like, you know what, like it didn't work out. That's fine. Whether or not that means he goes back to college, who's to say? I'm not sure, but I definitely think the Meyer-Lawrence relationship could be doomed because of that. I don't know if it's true. I saw, I think it might have been something silly like NFL memes, which probably means it's not true. But I heard that Urban Meyer said like a, a quote, playing in the NFL is playing Alabama every single week. And then somebody made like the joke. He's like, Urban Meyer thought he was going to be playing Temple over here in the NFL. And so <laughs> that made me smile. But if that's true, I mean, that... That definitely takes a toll, and it's not for everybody. So I will say, kind of talk about whether or not he'd translate to the NFL. Maybe he won't, and that's okay. I, I will say this about Urban Meyer, and I don't want to be listen. I'm not advocating for it's not okay to give up, uh, whatever. Like you know, if if there are certain personal things, then yes, you should. It's okay to walk away from things, but if you're gonna give up after one season because it's just too hard like it's too tough of a challenge, then I think I would lose respect for Urban Meyer as a coach and as a competitor. You know, I, I there, there are so many times in my life where I've been crushed by somebody competitively, but I never walked away crying. I turned around and 
tried it again and tried to win again. I mean, there are times, there are other times when there's silly games like Fortnite where I'm just like not good at it and I give up, but then I come back and realize I'm good at it. <laughs> but, um, but in in all honesty, like real honest, like sports competitive scenarios, very rarely do I just give up after one try because it's too hard. And I, for somebody who is touted as such a heavy competitor in Urban Meyer, I would lose a modicum of respect for him for being like, you know what, the NFL is too hard. Let me go back to the NCAA because it's easy for me. I would lose. Now, if the question, if the honest truth was that, you know, the rigors of it were hard on him in terms of health and being away from his family longer, if those are the honest reasons, then yeah, I totally respect that. Your family and your health are, are more important than football. But if it's just, oh, the football NFL is too hard for me. I would lose a whole lot of respect for Urban Meyer. Well, let me let me let me challenge you in this way. I hear you. I mean, obviously, it, it would be different, in my opinion, if after week six the Jaguars are 0-6 and he's like, you know what, I'm done. Like I'm walking away. That that would be yeah. Like that would be opinion altering, in my opinion. If he gets to the end of the season though and walks away, what about can can you be a great competitor and say I'm not going to take this team where it needs to go? Let somebody else get in here to do it right. I mean, I guess it definitely would would matter how it was worded, but if it were obvious to us that that was, well, I mean, our, of course he's not going to come out and say like I'm retiring because I'm bad. <laughs> he's not right. Say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like in the press conference I, again. It just depends on how it was said, but at the same time, I just I feel like for any other reason than like legitimate personal reasons, giving up on something, especially when you are as admired as Urban Meyer that early is just kind of ridiculous to me. Um, especially sure, no, when, it, it especially totally when there are, sense. when there are rookie coaches like Steve Wilkes, who got poor guy fired after one year and you're going to be like, I'm just going to give up after one year that, that kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit, but Hey, I'll have a rant that we're, day if it we're, happens. We're totally <laughs> speculating whether or not that would even happen. For sure, for sure. But, for you know, sure. it, it, it makes me think of one of my favorite moments in, in Ted Lasso. And if anybody hasn't watched Ted Lasso yet. What are you uh, doing? We, we highly recommend it. Just set history for, for Emmy nomina- nominations and whatnot. So way to be Ted Lasso. But one of my favorite moments is when Coach Beard challenged Coach Lasso about are we playing to win or are we playing to try? And these guys are professionals and we need to play to have them win. Yeah, that's... And I mean, so maybe if, if Urban Meyer doesn't think that he can, for, for whatever reason, think that he can, maybe that would be a swallowing of humble pie. You know, it and, could be admirable. And if that were truly what it was, then I think I would respect that. But if he comes out, and obviously, again, we'll never, we probably won't know for sure. Um... So, but if it if it were if it were truly a matter of that of him saying that you know my my strength is in molding young men and helping them to better themselves and I don't really get to have that opportunity as much in Jacksonville even though the team is is very young then then I would respect that a little bit more. But again, you're right. We're speculating at this point, so we yeah, could. That was a fun conversation on. for sure. <laughs> All right. That was Cold Reads, everybody. Sponsored by DiGiorno. It's 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 not delivery. It's DiGiorno. All yeah. right. Now it is time for... Pals Picks. Oh, yeah. Give them the right, load. Give them the load Before we get into down. this, everybody, before we get into this, I have to throw Adam Rossi under the bus. Oh, yeah. Because obviously we know <laughs> that Adam Rossi is the king of Pals Picks. It's fine. <laughs> it's good. 
I've accepted it. But let's talk about this shade that Ab threw at me after week one when Josh goes 0 and 3 and he decides to conveniently put Pals Picks Records in the rundown to like brag about me. And the week that I do better says no mention. Whatever. Okay. I see you. If I, if I could be quite candid. Uh, I don't really remember. I don't know what the records were from last week, and I deleted them because I was like, "Don't be that guy again." But now it definitely looks. Yeah, re- it looks yeah, really bad. Okay. It looks real bad. I'm not gonna lie. You're right. <laughs> well, why don't you tell the folks what it was then? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Josh rebounded strong and went three for three. So he brought his record up to a nice. solid 500 of three and three. Uh, he went three and zero. Oh, excuse me. Last week, Adam stumbled opening. I did keeping it competitive for me, just so you know, I don't get discouraged and <laughs> retire early like Urban Meyer. Yeah. Adam went one and two last week because Carson Wentz got hurt. No, who's it's okay. That's true. So I may I may two. have gone zero oh and three. <laughs> Went one and two. He uh, picked the Rams game correctly. So we we are definitely in the thick of it here going to week three. It's exciting. You know, it, it feels good. It's it's nice that you let me have that comeback. So into the I thick of it. it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, why don't you start? You gave it was your turn to give me the games first this week. Yes, I did give you the games first this week, and I tried to feature a little bit of everything, so I feel like this is a good slate that we'll talk about some good stuff for this upcoming week. So we have a battle of the unbeatens right now, or a battle of the winless, excuse me, the Falcons traveling to take on the New York football Giants. And right away, I was so mad at you. I was like, of course he was going to give me the Falcons game now that they're wavering and they're 0-2, and I have yet to recall my ridiculous prediction the Falcons are going to win this game, guys. The Falcons Ooh. are going to win. I feel it in my bones. Listen, the Fal- right. the Falcons uh, the Fa- Falcons at the beginning of the Philly game started off really well. They were getting into rhythm. They were moving quick, quick pace. Matt Ryan, Arthur Smith in a groove, and then they faltered. The Falcons in the last game started off a little slow and then got into a groove with the same thing. Quick rhythm, timing passes, uh, get rid of the that pass rush, get Calvin Ridley involved, get Callie Pilts involved, use Cordell Patterson like Adam uses him in Madden. It was very, very good, and they was 28-35 to 35 he- heading into the, the fourth quarter, and then we obviously and saw what happened. And then three minutes later, it was 48 to 25. And here's the thing. It would it would be one it would be one thing if that was just the Bucks turned around and started to dominate, <laughs> but it wasn't. It truly wasn't. Tom Brady threw a touchdown pass that was a great great play and then two unbelievably lucky tipped balls directly into the defender's hands. Like I will come on the show and eat crow about the Falcons when they are truly truly terrible, and I did after week 1. But the Falcons hung in there with the defending champs last week, and because of two ridiculously lucky tipped interceptions, we're just giving up on the Falcons. Uh-uh. I'm this is a two for for you guys here. I'm dig you thought I was going to tuck tuck my tail between my legs and and run to the recall this week no i'm doubling down on the falcons not only the falcons gonna win this week the falcons are about to win four in a row book it right now should we should we make a bet oh we're making a bet they're gonna beat the giants on the road they're gonna beat washington at home the jets at home and then they're gonna beat miami on the road the the falcons will be four and two by the end of october 21st it's it's happening all right, let's. Uh, you wanna you wanna have our a famous egg bet? Oh yeah, let's do an egg bet. 
All right, we have an egg bet going on that the Falcons are about to win four consecutive games, everybody. So, yep, on we October, still have on, two games, and we still have two games in Palace Picks. How, I know. How can we go up from here? <laughs> this is so exciting. All right, so, so yeah, we have I put the Falcons. the Falcons on the road against the Giants. It's very good, good reasoning as to why the Giants looked super. One of the best games is the Giants that I've seen against uh, when they played Washington last week. So I'll be curious to see if that carries over. Anyways, we're moving on. We are going to go to a battle of the undefeated here. And you already kind of gave it away, but tell us about the Bucks traveling out to take on the Rams. Yeah, again, I I think it's the Rams, and I think the Rams might win by like ten. I don't think it'll be like a lot, but I I don't think this will be in that much doubt. And I know this is like this isn't this isn't a sly. Uh, 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 what's the word I'm talking about? This isn't a slight. slight, thank you, on Tom Brady or anything, because Brady's been fantastic, and I think he will play well this weekend. But the reality is, this Buccaneers defense is pretty not that great. I mean, they 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 have a pass rush, and it is pretty ferocious, and they have some playmakers that, when the ball is luckily tipped right into their hands, they can return it for a touchdown. But in reality, like... Dallas went all over the field against them, and the Falcons kind of did it too uh, late in the second in, in the entire third quarter. I mean, they're totally susceptible to teams that are going to air it out, and Matt Stafford is balled out starting in this McVay offense, and I just think it's going to happen again. I think that it's going to be a little bit of a scoring affair. I think both teams will kind of – like I, I really think this is like a 40-30 to 30 or a 35-25 to 25 kind of game. Like I really genuinely think – that the Rams are going to not really sweat this when it's at the end of the game. That's super interesting. Obviously, this is not my game to pick, but I I think you're you're not wrong. But the same could be said about the Rams. The Rams never put their foot on the throat of the Chicago Bears, let them hang around. And then it came down to a second-year kid coming in and just chucking the football up to to really win the game against Indianapolis. I haven't seen any explosive dominant football from the Los Angeles Rams yet. We'll, we'll definitely learn a lot because these are two teams that we expect to be there in the final eight at the very least, if not the final four. So, Yeah, this is definitely very well could be a playoff preview in week three, which is cool. So you have the Rams winning at home against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Last but not least, let's go to Monday Night Football. We have a divisional battle now. The Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, guys, I'm sorry I burned all of my passion on that Falcons picks, you know, and the rest of these aren't going to be that exciting and they're just going to be predictable. Except I'm joking and I'm picking the upset. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this game. What? And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I like Dallas. I like the Dallas's progression. I think their defense has looked eons better. I think that they have made some progress. I know that there are a lot of injuries on that roster, though. And I know that Jalen Hurts demolished the Atlanta Falcons, and they took the 49ers, who a lot of people, including yourself, have considered a Super Bowl contender this year, to the brink. Took them all the way down to the end of the game. This Philly defense is pretty darn good, and their offense is 
hard to stop with Jalen Hurts read option with Miles Sanders, our PSU guy, Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Rager, the first round pick from last year, Quez Watkins. I, I really, really like this offense, and I think that this defense is way better than we were ever giving it credit for in the offseason. We talked about it a little bit last week, and I legitimately think that this front seven and this pass rush can get to Dak a little bit. And I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be one of those classic NFC East battles. I do not think this decides the division. I, I'm not recalling the Cowboys in any way. I do think the Cowboys will still eventually win the division. But I think this is one of those games that Nick Sirianni gets his team up for and that they come out and surprise a lot of people and win this game. Definitely, definitely not crazy to take the Eagles in this one, in my opinion. I'm really excited. You shouted out Miles Sanders, our PSU guy. I'm excited to see another PSU guy, Micah Parsons, chasing around Jalen Hurts. I think that's going to be an exciting game, so I'm really looking forward to that one. This is a tougher game to pick than I think some people might think it is. I'm going to go with the Patriots on this one, though. I... Obviously, both teams have really good defenses, in my opinion, and the Saints are really good at shutting down the run, which is going to be the Pats' bread and butter for probably a good chunk of the year, especially as Mac Jones continues to integrate into the NFL. But I just feel like Jameis is going to make more mistakes than Mac Jones and the Patriots' offense will. And I think the Patriots can operate a similar offense as what they saw in Carolina, which obviously got the job done. We haven't talked about his name yet this year, but obviously the offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, he's still there in New England, and we've touted him as one of the best offensive minds in the league. I think he went exactly to that tape, and he was looking at Sam Darnold, who obviously we were higher on, and we never gave out, but a lot of people said, this guy's trash, and I think obviously he did not look like trash on Sunday, so I think he went to that game tape, and he said, we can do what they did. And I think we're going to see a similar game plan. And I think Jameis is going to continue to to make those uh, MVP bandwagon wheels continue to fall off a little bit. So I'm going to take the, the Patriots here. Yeah, the, the Raiders have been off to a pretty hot start. I know some people are chirping about them beating up uh, a Baltimore team that wasn't ready to play and then a maligned Pittsburgh. I don't really buy into that narrative right now. I think Vegas is just playing really, really good football right now. And I'm going to continue to pick them. I'm taking the Las Vegas Raiders against the Dolphins. Obviously, Jacoby Brissett coming in. He he is a veteran quarterback. He's been around. He's been a starter in this league. He I remember the game that we watched where he went into Kansas City and, and beat Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs because of the style of football they were playing and the way they were able to do it. He's definitely not a scrub, in my opinion. But it comes back to what I was talking about from the Dolphins fan perspective, and it's that offensive line, and it it concerns me right now. And obviously, the only thing that's working for them in their favor is the size against Vegas's pass rush. But their pass rush has looked pretty good so far, so we'll see if that that we'll see if that size can can live up to it and, and help slow it down. But I, I'm not sure it does, and I don't think it matters necessarily who's under center if like I said you're letting uh an end come around completely untouched so I think I'm gonna go with the Raiders without going too much more into that game what (laughs) 
Yes. Okay. So the last game that. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Technical difficulties happen to everybody. This is when, if we were live on TV, there'd be a cute picture of a cat that says "Hang in there." But regardless, Adam gave me the Seahawks at the Vikings. Two teams that are coming off losses. We are kind of touting the Vikings earlier on, saying they are definitely a hard out for anybody to come in. But I'm still going to go with my boy, Russ, I trust. And you know what? I think the only reason he lost last week is because he knew that I needed for pal's pick, and he, he's he's hanging out with his boy, Josh Lapping. Going to go back on the winning track here. I think we saw Kyler Murray slicing up the Vikings defense. I think Russ, one of the best deep ball throwers in the league, is going to continue to to do that. I'm taking the, the Seahawks in a close one. They're in the dome, so I don't think it's going to be – uh, slowing down any offense. I think it's going to be an exciting game. And right now, I haven't checked, but Dalvin Cook was was a little dinged up, and we have to see, is is he playing? Let's uh, check if he's been practicing. Josh Jacobs did return to practice today, which is also a reason why I feel really good about, about the good Raiders. Good for our fantasy team, which we'll get to in a second. Yes, Sorry, guys. Uh, which we will get into in a second. Lost my audio there for a second. <laughs> um, thanks for taking hold of that. Well, that's scary. Um, yeah, uh, this... this Dalvin Cook did remain out of practice Ooh, today. Well, that's so interesting. not suited up. We'll have one more day Friday to see if he can get in there. But, yeah, that could be big for the Vikings. Yeah, obviously, Russell Wilson, the MVP wrestler, <laughs> talk started like it does every year at the beginning of the year. Uh, six touchdowns, no picks. Kirk Cousins, five touchdowns, no picks. So, should be a really, really fun matchup of quarterbacks. This is definitely one, I believe it's in the afternoon. So, this is definitely one that will be on um, on my, my screen watching very closely okay there you have it folks uh josh went with the new england patriots at home the raiders at home and the seahawks on the road in russ he always trusts i wish that we had a real stat guy that could go back and see how many times you've gotten right when you said in russ i trust because i'm sure it's pretty often (laughs) it's it's more often than i'm wrong there have been a couple times i've been burned by it but I feel like when I bring out that it's not it's not an original moniker or anything. Right. But when I say it, usually it delivers. All right, folks, that was Pal's picks. Uh, now it's time for a little fantasy corner. Fantasy corner. Fantasy corner. <laughs> oh, you you held the we're, note. We're uh, we're working we're workshopping that a little bit. Give him the lowdown, my friend, on a crazy weekend in fantasy for us. Yeah. So first of all, it came down to Monday night football. Uh, we had Devontae Adams, he had TJ Hawkinson, and it was a back-and-forth battle. It literally came down to the final drive. He very much could have, I guess I shouldn't assume the gender of our opponent, they could have won, and it was a nail-biter. I felt like I could have had a heart attack, but we pulled it out. We pulled it out. Yes, we did have a little exchange of, of smack talk, not so much on Monday night, but on Sunday night football, there was some smack talk exchange, so it was doubly important. <laughs> and the, I think the funniest thing was that we started James Conner, obviously, who only scored 2.6 fantasy points, or 2.5 or something, and then you said to me, uh, I thought, man, we made the wrong choice, we should have played Heinz, there's no way he had... Uh, less than that, and he was right, but he only scored like point one more fantasy points. <laughs> yeah, Adam, if you're gonna tell my jokes, tell them correctly. <laughs> Naeem Hines had two point seven. I was like, well, clearly we picked the right choice, and then we didn't. 
Oh, but yes, terrible. we need to get off. We need to get off the bandwagon of having our running back score two points. And we made this team is completely rerosted. Oh yeah, guys. I want give them the lowdown on the trades. It's very different. Give them the lowdown on the trades. I'm very proud of what after, we've done. After last week, we got off air and we started uh, moving some things around. We made some trades, so we required a whole new running back room. We now have Josh Jacobs for the Raiders, which is good, like Adam said. It's good that he's back practicing because I think he could eat against Miami. And then we also traded for Tyson Williams, the Baltimore Ravens running back, who, again, just fumbles at the one-yard line and then gets tackled at the one-yard line another time. Uh. Could have had two touchdowns. Ridiculous. We also acquired Mike Williams. Williams, um, um, I don't remember. We so we traded away Jalen Waddle. We traded away. You know, I'm pretty I, sure um, we can look at trade history. Let me open it up real quick. Oh yes, we can. Here we go. So we we acquired Josh Jacobs and Chuba Hubbard for Robert Woods and Kenny Gainwell, and then we got the Mike Williams and Tyson Williams for Damian Harris and Jalen Waddle. So right now our team is looking Patrick Mahomes, Josh Jacobs, Tyrell or Tyson Williams, excuse me, Devontae Adams, Mike Williams, Travis Kels, Juju Smith-Schuster, Justin Tucker, um, and then on our bench we still have Le'Veon Bell, who I'm I don't know why I've been like he needs some time to integrate, but I've already grown tired of waiting for it. James Conner, Naeem Hines, Chuba Hubbard, and Brandon Cooks. So the team. conversation I want to have about our lineup this week because by this time. This the Thursday night game will have happened. I really don't want to play Cooks this week. I know that he did still catch the touchdown from Davis Mills, and I know that he is the number one guy. And actually, there's a really fun stat uh, about Brandon Cooks in here in terms of target percentage. He leads the league in, in the highest target shares with 48%, second to Marquise Brown at 39%. And Cooper Cup at third with 37%. So he's getting all the targets. I'm just really worried about the rookie quarterback against a defense that we don't know if is legit, but I think is leaning more towards legit than not. So I would like for I sure. would like to flex Juju instead of Brandon Cooks, but I, 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 I toss it to you for that. Yeah, no, those are, are really good points, and it kind of ties together what you're we talking about earlier, whether or not we'll have to see if Carolina is, is legit. I am leaning in agreement with you right now for a, a big reason that Deontay Johnson got injured on the final play against uh, against the Raiders last week. He has not practiced yet. Like I said, he very well could tomorrow on Friday and have a chance to suit up. But if you haven't practiced uh, this entire week, I feel like that is a bad thing. They're playing the Cincinnati Bengals who have given up a lot to fantasy wide receivers. I do think Juju is the right pick for all the above reasons. I don't think Cooks is going to be bad. Like you said, he he has 21 targets in two weeks, which is a boat ton, but it is more of a question mark right now for me. And I do think we go with Juju in the slot. I am in okay. agreement. So then my there. other question is, and I'm, we can have the conversation on the podcast so that the folks home know, let's say Josh Jacobs gets declared out. Yeah. Which of our running backs do we play? <laughs> oh, man. I just hope that Josh Jacobs is there so we cannot have to worry about I know. About I know. This. I agree. <laughs> it has been so stressful. You know, it, it's tough because we have some pretty good options. Uh, pretty good is, you know, relative. A weird asterisk next to that because, you know, it hasn't seemed like it so far. But I think we probably, uh, it's so hard to say because. And I don't, I don't, it pains me because I don't want it to be hard to say. I think we still probably go with James Carter. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the Cardinals are traveling to take on the Jaguars who have been beat up on the ground. And I think 
he certainly could get going. So I, I hope Jacobs is there, but... See, you know, the, it's, it's a it's an interesting conversation because we're stuck with these guys because, unfortunately, there aren't really any worthy running backs on the pickup. We didn't get the waiver claim for Cordero Patterson. Um, but, I mean, week one, he gets 16 attempts, and he doesn't he wasn't great with them, but he did get the attempts. And in week two, he only got eight eight attempts, and he doesn't get any targets. And Naheem Hines it doesn't really get any carries but in week one had eight targets for six catches and in week two two targets for one catch so it's just kind of a roller coaster of two guys that you think would have a good baseline in terms of their touches and different ways in which they get them but yeah man I mean I obviously you really hope that Tyson holds on to the job which I think he will he looks better and better every week I'd be surprised if he wasn't kind of getting more and more touches um and Jacobs who is obviously a bell cow hopefully he stays healthy but we got to hit on a waiver claim sometime in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, it, it. this is just really, it's fascinating the way we built this team. And I mean, we set ourselves up for, for these kind of situations and whatnot. I will say this, and obviously it's early, it's week two. There's a lot of football, including fantasy. But we are the second highest scoring team in this yep. league by less than two points. And that's with our... One of our running scoring backs, two points consistently putting <laughs> two points up. So if we could just get that missing piece, we're we're looking good. We have a good assembled team. And here. I I mean our I our say we made. Just, I'm just I can't say it enough. I love the trades that we made. I thought we made really out, especially with you know acquiring Mike Williams, and he looked great again in week two. Uh, and I again I'm really high on Tyson. I have him in a lot of leagues, and he should have had two touchdowns last week. Obviously, um, I just I and it's just great having Mahomes and Kelsey. I mean I remember it was on the game. You were like I'm feeling the Kelsey touchdown here. Two plays later, it was like a 50 yard touchdown. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. I was, I was real proud of that. Just got that feeling, and it was made me think of last year when I was like, "Here's Judo's touchdown catch," and then it was Judo's yeah. touchdown catch. So maybe we'll get one of those this year. I will just say, maybe to to take up the last couple minutes, there is Felton and JD McKissick on on the waiver list. Maybe to look at at one of those. Maybe we'll see what Felton. With Jarvis Landry getting put on IR, obviously he came yep. on and, and made a couple plays in Cleveland at the end of the game there. Could be something to think about. I don't know, but hopefully we just see that Jacob yeah, I don't, tomorrow is going to be good I don't go. hate. I definitely don't hate uh, a McKissick ad, possibly, especially knowing that we might not need Le'Veon Bell. But we'll see. Maybe we wait that out one more week. I did want to give you, my friend, props. Uh, everybody knows that you're a really great fantasy football player because you beat me all of the time, even when you jokingly pick up a player to play um i was gonna say in 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 <laughs> our in our i think this is our league we we set 100 perfect lineup so we set the absolute best lineup we could have set this past week um and we defeat the we defeated our our opponent by the 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 narrowest amount of victory by four percent we only won we won by less than uh five points so i again just yeah, just props to, to both of us but def, for to you as well um just i i think that you're you're my good luck charm i have to play with you to do well <laughs> uh. 
Anyway, we are four. Not we true. are. You're pretty. Pretty okay. We are four and zero. Like I said, this team is against the league medium, so we are four and zero, second highest scoring team in the league. Hopefully, that continues heading into this week. Okay, my friend, that is all I have for friends' fortune, and I have some tidbits at the end. But are you ready for some friends' fortune? Let's do it. You are up first. Alrighty, I am up first, so I'm gonna meet you in three, two, one, go. Thank you. All right, friends. He did just say thank you, and you are welcome, Mr. Lapping. So, yes, I was really, really close to Friends Fortune last week. I'm, I'm incredibly upset about it. Um, so I went with the rushing side last week. I think, I'm, I think I'm on to something with the rushing. So I said five for the touchdowns last week. We're going to go rushing yards this week. I'm going to say there are going to be five-plus uh, 100-yard rushers this week in the NFL. Okay, I'm back. Hot diggity dog. You were so yep, quick. I didn't want to be convoluted this, this week like I was last week. You didn't want to pad everything so we didn't know what you were talking about? Yep. <laughs> well, you kept it short and simple. And I said and, go. And I respect that. I, it made me so happy. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm going to go in three, go. All right, everybody. So I'm going to stick on the running back train this week. Last week, I predicted that Saquon Barkley would have a huge breakout. He didn't quite get there. I think he's right on the verge, though, honestly. This week, going back to what we were talking about earlier, I kind of gave a shout-out to Derrick Henry. People know that I have, earlier on in his career, I banged my head about Derrick Henry and thought, you know, this guy, eh, overrated. Certainly has been proving me wrong as of as of late. I talked about the 41 carries, which is a lot of tread and a lot of wear on a running back. I think this week it's not going to matter. They're going divisional game. They need to put their foot on the throat of the Colts and put them in an 0-3 hole and go up against them in this division. The last time Derrick Henry played the Colts was on... Uh, I can't remember what week. I think it was week 12 or week 13 of last year, but he had almost 150 yards and a touchdown. I think he's going to go for 200-plus this week uh, total yards because, you know, he caught the football relatively well last week, and I think he's going to have 200-plus yards and a pair of scores to beat the Indianapolis Colts this week. Okay. You know, now that I think about it, I may have head-faked the audience on accident. <laughs> you might. Have I may left. have head-faked the audience on accident. <laughs> I just I may have worded it weird, but I think I was clear at the end. Regardless, all right, uh, okay. So that was friends' fortune, and I've got some tidbits, my friend. You got tidbits? Uh, I only have one tidbit, so why don't you uh, go ahead and do okay. yours, and then I'll save my sweet old one. So I wanted back. to say, obviously, we have our 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 favorite number one receiver, Devonte Adams, on our fantasy team uh, since 2017, entering. Monday night's matchup, he led the league with 46 touchdowns. Um, but it, number five on that list is Adam Thielen with 35 touchdowns. So as much as we want to keep doubting whether or not the touchdowns will continue, it seems like they're just going to come. It's just too weird. Keep he on is. coming. Uh, so I've heading into the Chiefs matchup, Lamar Jackson was 0-3 against the Kansas City, City Chiefs with a 78.9 quarterback rating uh, and 65 rushing yards 
a start. Obviously, he was not having that great, and then he started the the uh, great that great of stats against the Chiefs in his career, and then in the first quarter against the Chiefs, three of seven, 24 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns. Looked really awful, and then the rest of the game, Lamar finished 15 or 15 of 19, 250 pa 15 passing yards, a touchdown, no picks, and obviously he had those rushing touchdowns as well. So completely turned it around. On the Kansas City side, Kansas City is now allowing the most yards per play in 2021 in the infants infancy of 2021 season, 7.5 six yards per play the league average is 5.67 so they're allowing a total of two more yards per play something that definitely needs to get fixed if they want to go to the super bowl for the fourth the third straight year in a row which isn't it funny how insignificant that sounds but it's a really it's big a deal huge deal you run 10 plays that's 20 extra yards. Uh, the Chiefs are spending 25% of their 2021 cap on the defensive line. That's the highest percentage in the league. There are only five other teams that are over 18%. And the defensive line has combined for three total tackles for a loss of the first two games. So again, not only is this defense really bad, they're spending a lot of money on the defense to continually be bad. So something to look forward as the year progresses. Another little shout out to Derrick Henry here. Derrick Henry was hit within the one yard or behind the line of scrimmage on 26 of his 35 carries. He had 160 of his 182 total rushing yards after contact. This is the ultimate trump card spade to the running backs don't matter debate. The man cannot be stopped regardless of how good his offensive line is playing. And the last one, a little pat on the back for Mr. Adam Rossi here. Or sorry, Adam Starr. He won, he won some money on the Sunday night seven pick'em. <laughs> Do you want to know how much money I won? <laughs> 38 cents. 92 cents. <laughs> Boom. I, I got... That's like triple what I said. <laughs> so very, very happy. I actually have a streak of scoring. I think I, I I can't think of what the total number of points you can score is. I want to say it's like, let me look at this real quick because I, I'm actually kind of proud of myself. The last couple of weeks, I've really gotten very, very close to scoring money every week. Um, so maybe I'll hit 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 a decent one. But let's look at the one the one week where I scored ninety two, uh, ni scored ninety two cents. The leading. Uh, people that won $450 each scored 65 points, and I scored 45 points. So 20 points off, but every week I've... Yeah, I don't know, but that was not as... Yeah. As I thought you were going to be like, they scored 62 when I had 59. You know, I, I, was like, I actually... Dang, buddy. And then you're like, they have 65 and I have 45. Admittedly, I thought it was closer <laughs> as well. <laughs> but I was going to say I have gotten 40 points at least on every week. So hopefully that's, that's a trend leading to some actual money. But I was pretty excited about that. Anyway, those are my well, those are my is, tidbits. <laughs> that is awesome. My tidbit is going back to those Arizona Cardinals. Like you were saying, they are two and zero. I want to kind of give a shout out, sort of, to Cliff Kingsbury. He is a coach that has kind of been sort of maligned, and they have talked about him not bringing the Cardinals to where they want to be. But I will say this: with the win over Minnesota, they had 400 total yards for the 15th time since Kingsbury took over. Before that, between 2016 and 18, they only did that six times. So obviously Kingsbury came over for being an offensive mind and, and getting the use of Murray and just making a crazy offense. So far, it, it's working pretty well.
Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, offense was his thing, and he's consistently done that, regardless of how bad the defense has looked at times. But they got some playmakers on the defense now, so obviously I picked them to make it to the playoffs. We'll see if the trend continues after the 2-0 start. Anything else you got there for today, friend? That'll be All right, it. folks. Make sure you follow our Instagram. It is at Simultaneous Catch. No caps, no characters, and no numbers. Just Simultaneous Catch. Make sure you check out our post about our Run Your Pool Pick'em Pool. Uh, you can jump in at any point in time. You get a point for every correctly picked game. So you can catch up if people pick poorly. It is possible. And I believe the playoff games are worth two points each. So you could really catch up once we head into the playoffs. And the victor at the end of the year, the most points in the pool will win a free jersey of their choice. Right now, I actually think that I am winning the pick pool. Um, it's either... Yeah, it's right. either, No, you know what? I'm going to bring it up right now because you just... Um, you just doubted me. Let's uh, go to this. We're out up. of time. We are so. not out of time. I am bringing this up right now. It is right here. Let's go to the leaderboard. I am your leader at 20 wins to 12 losses. I am also tied with AQZ08 slash 09 slash 1994. Probably a birthday. I don't know. But we are tied with 20 victories. <laughs> you want to know where you are, Juice Box? Because you forgot to pick last week. Well, you know, I can't. I, I don't claim that I'm winning when I'm tied. It's called tied, not a winner. Thanks. Let's put your money where your mouth is and win this week. All right, we're thanks, at time. Thanks everybody. for listening to the show, folks. Really appreciate it. Make sure you follow those <laughs> things. Have a great week three. God bless. Enjoy. <laughs>